Yeah, you put up some movie posters. What were they? Uh, well, I've had Black Panther up there on the wall because I'd only had one frame at the time. Right, right. Uh, and so I'd had that up for a while, and I was like, well, when I get, I have four more posters, so when I get uh, some frames again, I, want, I know what I'm going to put up. So I put up uh, Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame. Now you've been canvassing them, right? Uh, not these. So these okay. are going in like just black frames. They're they're cool. nice quality. Yeah. Um, so I I still have Avengers Infinity War to put up, and I really don't want to put the Justice League up there. <laughs> so I think I might try and just see if I can find a Marvel movie poster, an MCU poster. That's fair. Get a Wonder uh, Woman poster. I don't know. I could get a Wonder Woman poster, but then I'd have four Marvel posters and then Wonder Woman. Because she's cool. I don't know. Uh, she is. She's my favorite Marvel character, you know? Facts. Uh, but this is Unanimous Indecision. I'm Joshua Troop. That's Ian Rosmondo talking about movie hey. posters. I actually haven't put up my movie posters up, but I have been flattening them out. That's good. Because I rolled them up when I moved out of college, and that was a while ago, and I still haven't put them up. <laughs> but they're they're getting flattened, so I'm getting there slow, slow and steady. So are you going to put up the Suicide Squad poster? You know it. <laughs> you know it, man. Um, Can't wait to see that. Yeah, I think I only threw away one poster, and it was Star Wars, because I realized it was tearing pretty bad. Um, and I didn't want to put the time to fix it because it's not like it was my only Star Wars poster. Right. Uh, but we have a fantastic show today. We have a double feature, the greatest double feature anyone could have imagined uh, as our movie reviews. And then we also have some very interesting news about movies going forward. Yeah, some of that good Marvel stuff, as always. I feel like we're talking about Spider-Man every week. That's a weekly uh, segment of the show just talking about Spider-Man uh, also some Green Lantern talk which I feel like I haven't talked about in a really long time there hasn't much to talk about Green Lantern in a really long time right um, since 2011 no um, no we talked a little bit about it not you and I but Austin and I they're with Crisis yeah uh, but yeah so that's the news going forward let's jump into these movie reviews though uh, let's start it kind of the way order we watched them let's talk about the mummy 1959 yeah what are your thoughts man uh it was a good movie i think um one thing that i was a bit confused about and so i'm so i like the movie i'll start off by saying that uh i did spend a little bit of time while watching it looking into karnak sure fair uh couldn't find anything about a, a deity. You found the Marvel Karnak. hero? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Uh, but it turns out there's a Karnak temple complex. So it's like it's like a, a temple named Karnak uh, where there's worships a bunch of other gods. Oh, I weird. thought that was kind of cool. Okay. Um, I don't know. I liked the acting. Uh, action's, action was pretty good. Uh, I was not expecting as much gunfire. I was kind of, I just wasn't I don't know never seen this before but I just wasn't quite expecting that but uh, uh out the the gun the gunfire I, I don't know what didn't I don't really surprise issue, me but I, but it. I did not like this movie <laughs> yeah was it the multiple flashbacks to the I, scene four thousand years ago 
despite that being mostly useless, I just thought it was a boring movie. Like, it's supposed to... It's it's in the category of a horror film. And pretty much every time the villain's around, we can see him clear as day. There's no suspense. Right. You know he's coming. Most of the time, uh, the the main characters, the, the non-mummies, <laughs> can <laughs> see the mummy just walking up to them. And the the scariest thing about the mummy is what? That he's a tank? Right? I that guess. he just can't die? That's the scariest stop. thing about him? Because <laughs> it's I like he's like... not like sneaking into people's houses and killing them. No, he just breaks a window, you shoot him a couple times, you fail, he kills you. That's the... <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe um, I just liked it because it's a horror movie that wasn't scary. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, they, there's nothing scary about this movie. Um, and then the flashback is completely pointless. Uh, well, I'll say one of the flashbacks is completely pointless. Uh, the one where they kind of explain how the mummy came to be... That one Where serves a little bit more he, purpose. He, it adds a little bit of depth. Yeah, yeah. But but uh, the, the flashback that it shows a few seconds of exactly where we, what we saw already, which is where um, uh, Mr. Banning, Banning's father, um, like, why did he go crazy? Mm. And, like, it wasn't that big of a deal, I guess. It's that drove him shock. crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it I guess it's just the shock of mummy. seeing a mummy. But like, I understand like being scared. You thought you were in a room alone and you weren't. But like, I don't even think the mummy fully attacked him during that. No, so like, know. I don't know. It's just like. Even if it touched him actually. Yeah, but like we see that. But like, I'd already inferred that much. Because, like, he didn't seem to have a physical disability, so he wasn't complete. The mummy didn't injure him. So then the mummy just shocked him, and we get to see it. Like, I I guess the important part is just that we get to see him uh, use the scroll. But it's like, okay, I I assumed that happened. Like, I don't know. It's just, it didn't seem to serve much purpose. But ignoring that, I just thought it was a boring movie. Like, not a whole lot happens in it. It's an hour and a half long, and if I'm being honest, it could have been told in an hour. And I don't normally advocate for movies to be shorter. <laughs> but, like, two people well, die throughout the whole movie? The father and the uncle? The father and the uncle. Uh, uh, I think that's it. So. Um, well... You've been a bit negative this film. If you had to choose a positive, what was something that you liked about it? I mean, the acting's good. <laughs> they they all don't seem to realize that they're in like this pretty mediocre melodrama. Um, because they all seem to be taking it very seriously, which props to them. Um, but I mean, that's what happens when you get great actors like Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, Yvonne Furneaux. Uh, so like, yeah, of course they're gonna bring their A game, and I mean, like Christopher Lee, I think does a pretty good job acting with his eyes for most of the movie, since he's wrapped in the it's mummy. 
Um, I mean, he got like the flashback sequence where he does a little bit. But yeah, it's I, just like funny how they keep mentioning four thousand years. <laughs> right. Like, like, later, four thousand years ago. I, I get it's like a general estimate, but like. Well, I think someone even gave an exact year. Uh, or, or someone said 2000 BC. So if we assume that 2000 BC was an exact year, then it's clearly not 4,000 years because this movie came out in 59 and it takes place in 1895. So it's 3,900 years. <laughs> um, 30, 38.95. Um, but like, yeah, I don't know. It's just like... This movie didn't have a whole lot of substance to me. It was just like... They felt like it was such a big deal that uh, Peter Cushing's character's dad basically is the reason why he's a cripple. <laughs> um, and not a cripple, but he has a limp. Uh, he called himself a cripple, so it's okay. Right, that. That, that's right. Um, and so like that, and then her... I'm like okay with her his wife looking like the princess of old, Princess Ananka. But like it came out of nowhere. <laughs> the the one line that we got that kind of fed into that was uh was when he was like, "Hey, you're a you're the spitting image of of uh No, but that's what I'm saying. It was like that moment and then the very next time we see the mummy, it's used. They, there's no time to let it sink in. That's it's not like used a, immediately. It's, like, it's, like, it's not like a line that's said at the beginning of the film, then an hour later, then it comes to play. It's just like, here, two minutes later, here's your payoff. Right. Like, it, it would, I feel like at the beginning of the movie, if you had, like, um, Peter Cushing's character, like, looking at a picture of his wife, and then also, um, while well, his dad is looking at a picture of Ananka or something, and they don't, they don't bring it up there. But but we the audience go wait was that the same woman? But they they talk about him separately, um, and then they mention it later, and then it's used later. Like that would be a little bit better, just having that singular moment at the very beginning of the movie, because otherwise it's all in like the last twenty minutes. <laughs> uh, How dare you assume the audience is smart enough to be able to do? That and it's just like it's not that long of a movie. That's my point. Is that like you don't have to hold on to that information for three hours. It's just an hour. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, Have I don't know. I'm just, of... I just think it's boring. It's too boring. <laughs> Have you seen any of the other old monster movies? Uh, maybe I just can't remember them. Um, I definitely hadn't seen this one, and it's not great in my opinion. Gotcha. Um, but but you I liked like... it. What what else do you like about it? I feel like this is just one of those old classics. Um, I liked the... <laughs> Similarly, I, I wasn't a big fan of the multiple flashbacks showing us pretty much the same information, just, I guess, slightly more at the end. Yeah. Um, I did like how in-depth they went into like, the discussion of uh, mental illness. I thought that was really cool. Fair. Like, yeah. I was like, this is 1895. I, to be honest, I didn't expect them to be that diligent with their... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, with the with the dad, them right. all thinking right. he's crazy because uh, to a, to anyone else he might seem crazy, but 
the interaction with Scotland Yard and with uh, Mr. Banning, just that whole from beginning to end where if he meets him first, he's like, look, I don't believe you. I'm not gonna believe you. So you're saying there's a mummy? No, I don't believe you. All right. the way up to the end, I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, the personal relationships are done pre- pretty well. Because um, like, even uh, with the uncle with him, uh, aren't too bad. I'll give you that it's kind of a boring movie. Uh, I'm not saying I dislike that heavily, but there isn't that much action. And most of the action, most of the suspenseful stuff is just like, you look through a window, you can see a shape, and then through the window, like it just bursts up, bursts uh, inward, and there's the mummy. And, and I want to be a... clear, um, I, I'm not looking for action in this movie, but like, I feel like there either has to be one or two either the action or the horror. And I feel like it missed out kind of on both. (laughs) Um, And it's just like this creature that's just walking straight up to you. (laughs) And everyone's terrified. Yeah. (laughs) I think some of the funniest scenes might've been the, uh, the drunk Irish. Yeah. And, uh, I don't fully understand what their purposes were other than just to show that there are other people in this movie. Hey, yeah, we're not out in the middle of nowhere. This is society. Right. Uh, but yeah, I feel like that. I think the thing for me is that, and it's a wrong thing for me to do, but I'm comparing it to uh, kind of to two things. One is to a movie that came out a year later that also brands itself a horror movie, which is Psycho. And that would be? Um, And then, which came out in 1960. And then the other movie, series of movies that I'm comparing it to are uh, either the Brandon Fraser movies or the Tom Cruise Mummy movie. Have you seen the other Mummy movies? The Brandon Fraser ones or? Fraser Yes, I've seen all the Brandon Fraser ones. I saw the Tom Cruise one. I know there's other mummy movies out. There's even one before this 1959 one um, that I've not seen. Um, I think there might be another one in like the 70s or something. They keep making these every couple of years. It's like Dracula, (laughs) um, all the monster movies. But to me, the Brandon Fraser movies are like this perfect amalgam of weirdness. But a lot happens in them that keeps me entertained. It's a good popcorn movie. Now, those movies aren't horror movies. Now, they have maybe have like an instance of a scare, but that's like an Indiana Jones movie, you know? Right. Um, and then so you're, you're the Tom Cruise mummy movie. Like yeah, kind of. I would say the Tom Cruise movie is very much an action movie. Um, and there's like, but the thing is the, the problem, there's a lot of problems with that movie, but just talking about like the mummy elements of it. Cause I mean, like I'm more interested in the Russell Crowe character than anything else, which is Jekyll and Hyde. Um, which I don't know why that was in the movie, but that might've been the best part of it. <laughs> They're teasing. They're teasing in the next movie. Um, right. It'll never get made. And there's like a creature of the black, Never mind any of that stuff. But like. To me, like the mummy in the Tom Cruise movie was very similar to this mummy for very different reasons. Okay. It just felt like there weren't that many stakes in both movies. In the other one, the action was just like 
despite them having these huge action set pieces, buildings are falling and dust is going through the whole city. There's no emotion behind it. This one has the emotion, but it doesn't have like the entertainment value. <laughs> uh, and so it's just like, I don't know. I, I didn't get a whole lot out of it. Um, Whereas the Brandon Fraser movies, those movies have heart, man. Um, I mean, that was Brandon Fraser to speak. And, and like the other reason why I think about it is because in the second Mummy movie, I forget what it's called, of Brandon Fraser's, um, his wife sort of is the this princess reincarnate. Which is very similar to like this wife looking like Princess Ananka, and that's why I started going on this. I was like, "Are they all kind of all based on each other?" And it would make sense for them to all be pulling on each other, but like, they even take more advantage of the period in the Brandon Fraser ones um, because they talk about like the wars in North Africa and stuff like that, um, and it's just like not a whole lot going on in this movie it's not that deep of a concept <laughs> like it's very much like oh there's archaeologists well they read a scroll it came to life it killed him oh yeah there's an egyptian guy behind him and that's it <laughs> yeah um, i think i think that's probably the best that's a much better description than i could give of this movie <laughs> but like the char the character interactions are good like uh i really like when peter cushing is talking to the Egyptian. Um, Where they're just like throwing subtly veiled threats at each other. Right. Like, like that's a good encounter considering he's like the architect behind the mummy, basically. Um, at least in modern days, he's the Karnak's right arm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just like, I don't know. It wasn't a whole lot of stakes. It wasn't very complicated. I mean, worst comes to worst, what? These three people die, and then the dude puts the mummy back? Is that it? I guess. So really, because the first two people die pretty early in the movie, that the second half of the movie is just about saving this one guy's life? Which, yeah, it'd be nice if he could live, because <laughs> it's not even really his fault. Like, he stayed behind, but... Now you had said previously, and uh, I don't know why I'm thinking on this now. But you had said we had said that there were only two deaths. Uh, did the Egyptian was wasn't he killed by the mummy? I was just thinking that. Um, I don't remember if he died or not. Maybe he maybe he was killed. Um, Pretty sure he was like lifted up and, and like back broken or something. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Okay, so there are three deaths. Okay. Um, but then we have to deal with the mummy on its own, and I guess like that's a a good moment that like kind of the whole motivation changes around that area. So like that that is a pretty good character moments that like the mummy kills his handler but then starts doing his own motivations. Uh he takes the girl and but I don't know. It's just it didn't do it for me. <laughs> Maybe it's just cuz my expectation was to to have some suspense and there wasn't a whole lot in this movie. So I was just sort of sitting there watching things as they unfolded. There wasn't really anything okay. to speculate on. wasn't anything to anticipate. 
like the most anticipation was the mummy will come to kill you but don't worry we're gonna see him break the doors down as he walks in and there will be some drunk Irishman on the side of the road <laughs> so just a normal Irishman normal Irishman exactly <laughs> but yeah that that that's my two cents I'm not which is really really sucks because I mean like we got two iconic star wars actors two of my favorite star wars actors in a movie together long before either one of them was in star wars before star wars even existed and then i'm just like eh <laughs> it's okay but uh not my cup of tea um, so is this your least favorite mummy movie tough to say because the tom cruise one is so bad but, like, at least there's, like, cool action set pieces despite them, like, not having any emotional stakes. And then, like, whatever is going on with Jekyll and Hyde, I'm I'm still more interested in that. There's a lot more acting going on in that singular character than was in this entire movie. <laughs> uh, so, like, maybe. It might be my, my least favorite uh, out of what I, I've seen, like, five or six i don't remember how many brandon frazier ones there are three or four all right yeah i don't know have you seen the other mummy movies i've seen uh never went all the way to completion okay no don't i don't have too much to be able to compare this one to others i don't watch nearly the movies you do (laughs) it's okay we're getting you there um yeah i don't know uh i'm happy you liked it um because that's what this show is all about having different opinions and then me being right (laughs) (laughs) no i'm just kidding uh let's uh because we got a double feature uh this week let's jump over to a not so boring movie (laughs) but also one of the weirdest movies of the year uh hubie halloween which i don't think anyone knew was coming out until a few weeks ago and uh came out onto netflix an adam sandler original not not adam sandler's story i i forget who uh directed it but um yeah this one vastly different but uh what'd you what do you think of this I did not like this movie. You did not like this. What, no. what didn't you like about it? Can't imagine one. Uh, <laughs> uh, the silliness of everything. Of the character, of the story. I think the most... The two most interesting parts of this movie were... Uh, uh, Steve Buscemi's character. <laughs> and uh, Shaquille O'Neal's character and his wife. Oh my gosh, <laughs> those moments were good because like, it, it was like, wait, is he a werewolf? Oh, he definitely is. <laughs> and then, uh, and then the Shaq stuff, all the Shaq stuff was, was great. Yeah, uh, the Steve Buscemi was confirmed to be a, a werewolf. Like his, uh, the whole like he's the one who ate the, the prized pig uh, when. Uh, when Hubie's mother was like, my great, 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 whatever grandmother. <laughs> she was like, oh, hey, I was there for that. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was like, she did. <laughs> um, ah, this was just a very, very silly movie. Uh, I imagine this was incredibly fun to film, though. Oh, sure. I imagine all Adam Sandler movies are just because I, I imagine they take twice as long to fill. Film. Uh, I think here here's my thing because I I like this movie better than the Mummy if we're gonna compare them uh, okay. since we watched them both this week. Okay, I liked it better than the Mummy because now I think it's a it's a bad movie. I I know that I acknowledge it. Yeah, just because it's a bad movie doesn't mean <laughs> that doesn't inherently mean you like it or you dislike it. But it's kind of wholesome. It's pretty wholesome. Yes, it's wholesome. And then this movie did something that I kind of wanted out of The Mummy, which is I was thinking about things. I was like, oh, Steve Buscemi's character is the, is the one that's doing it. Oh, wait, maybe it's this character is the one that's causing all the problems. And I was genuinely surprised towards the end about who was actually <laughs> causing the problems in the town. That's fair. Um, that's fair. And so I was like, this movie was doing some ridiculous stuff throughout the whole thing. But then I couldn't get a beat on it. Like, so like that, that's where I think it, it actually held some merit in my eyes. Um, because like Rob Schneider's character, right? The suspense around his entire character. And then it's just completely deflated. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's all great. And then, uh, what was the other one? Uh, that the married couple, uh, the the Hennessys, Tim Meadows and Maya Rudolph, they were really fun together. Uh, Keenan Thompson, uh, and Kevin James as the police force, they were great. Great. Uh, so like, oh, oh, also the... my favorite one though is the very beginning of the movie. See, there, I went through like two two steps within like the first five minutes. The very beginning of the movie, I was like, this is not the worst Adam Sandler movie. This is going to be the best. And it was <laughs> Ben Stiller in the Insane Asylum. Kind uh, of uh, reprising his role in Spirit to his role in Happy Gilmore when he was working at the nursing home. Okay. And he's just like totally like uh <laughs> like insane, like on cocaine, what whatever's going on with him. But um like he runs the insane asylum, he runs the uh the nursing home the exact same way. <laughs> um and so like when that was the opener, I was just like, This is gonna be the greatest movie ever. The moment I knew it wasn't was so then we jumped to Adam Sandler. He's riding his bike, Hubie Dubois. And he's riding his bike. He's catching eggs. That's all fine. It's the catching moment he eggs. drinks the That's eggs and then vomits. throws them up. And I was like, <laughs> this is the worst movie ever made. I was like, I hate this singular moment so much. Um,. Because, like, fire hose vomits are so weird to me. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know if I want them to be more realistic, but it's just, like, it's not funny to me. It's just disgusting. It's just, like, absurdly weird. That scene definitely turned me off. Um, 
I will say. But then the I, movie actually goes into the movie. I th- and I, you may think otherwise, but I think the most enjoyment I got out of this whole film was watching the credits. The credits were pretty solid. I haven't seen a blooper reel in a while. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and I, I, blooper reel was my favorite part of this film. I don't know though. In the in the actual moment when he makes the crosswords for the kids standing in line, and the nun throws it away, <laughs> I, I I don't know. Just the fact that she's a nun, like that's so mean. We get that same scene, but in the bloopers, right? And she misses, <laughs> and then the and then the rest of the actors start laughing. See, I. If this was a ninety-minute gag reel or just a behind-the-scenes, I would I would have rather watched that. That would have been cool for sure. That would have been fun. I, I would have rather watched just the making that, of this movie rather than the movie behind-the-scenes or Definitely. gag reels or whatever, rather than watch this film. A hundred percent, hundred percent. But yeah, it's kind of just like a pretty cruel movie. That like. So are we saying Hubie's mother is a witch? <laughs> Because no. if she's the one, if she's the one who's truly behind everything, yeah, she's I don't, the one. She's I guess. the one who like <laughs> flung. Uh, what I don't remember the the right. She's horrible, like, kid's name. kidnapping she's the all who, like, the people. The, she's kidnapping him, but whatever the kid's name was, who was in the corn maze. Yeah. Who was like, and then just got like Michael or whatever the corn maze, corn maze. Yeah. She's not doing that. That's fair. Like, like, yeah, I, I don't. I guess maybe she is a witch, um, and that would that kind of adds another layer, like, right? Because the great great whatever grandmother yeah, um, was like defending the witches; at, they're just normal people, and then she was burned as a witch, and so it's like, mm, well, maybe. maybe. There are a few questions I have, though. Who the heck is Walter Lambert? Because it's not Steve Buscemi's character, because he gives a different name by the end of the movie. <laughs> right? He says, I'm actually... It, but then, like, Walter Lambert's grave is still unmarked. <laughs> like, it's still That's not true. finished, right? And then, additionally, I feel like Hubie's dad is sort of important, even though... <laughs> Right, because, like, what happened to his dad? We don't... Did he run out on him when he was a child? Was that it? Or, like, did he die? Did he... Is he Walter Lambert? <laughs> That's kind of my <laughs> thing, is that there's, there's like, unanswered questions in this ridiculous movie, and not unanswered from, like, a... The story doesn't make sense without these. But, like, there's clear... There's something just slightly subsurface going on in this movie. Turns out uh, this is the darkest movie of the year. Yeah. <laughs> the surface. Uh, I mean, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's a ridiculous movie. Um, it's got a lot of just like dumb stuff in it that maybe I would have enjoyed when I was younger. But it's a fine movie. I mean, I I still like kind of enjoyed the grown ups movies because those are like just straight up wholesome movies even though like nothing really happens in them like it's just about family right and that's a nice thing to watch but like this one this one's definitely about don't bully people 
because you don't know what their mom's gonna do. <laughs> uh, My mom beat up your mom. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, like don't bully people, and that that's a great lesson to teach people. But like, it's such a ridiculous movie that like I don't know, it's not great. I also found myself not necessarily about the movie itself, but just the silliness of the thermos. Cause I was like, hmm. Oh my gosh. The, the Swiss army knife of thermoses. Like the, the moment that I thought it was too, like the moment that I thought it was too much was when he used it as a, um, telescope, not a telescope. A, uh, he does mag- use it as a telescope. A telescope? Yeah. yeah. Okay. The, that was when I was just like, okay, no, we're <laughs> that was definitely ridiculous. Uh, the part that got me questioning is when he was vacuuming glass. And I was like, does that just go into your soup container? Are you drinking glass? If it hasn't killed him yet. Right. And then what? It's an umbrella, a grappling hook, so many other things. So many things. Uh, what a weird movie. I think it was pretty topical, though, for the year later thing. All the kids dress up as the previous year's Halloween. <laughs> uh-huh. And then he somehow uh, becomes mayor. Like, sure, why not? <laughs> thought it was very funny that, uh, like, every single, the whole, every single woman was dressed as Harley Quinn. Oh, I know, right? Which was such a thing. They hit yeah. that so on the nose. Like, last year, so totally. many people were dressed up as Harley Quinn. And I imagine the same will be this year, right? Probably. Well, if there's... I mean, with everyone's private Halloween parties or safe, socially distanced, whatever people come up with, um, people will be sending pictures of themselves as Harley Quinn. Yes. Um, Yes. And then I I did think it was pretty cool, though, that, uh, which I didn't expect this going in, but the film was a homage is that the right word? Yes, homage. Uh, to... An homage to Cameron Boyce, who passed away last year. Yeah, um, I, I was expecting that. Which was, and, and I got to think about it, because I was like, it's kind of weird that all these Disney Channel stars are in this movie, this Adam Sandler movie. Like, we get the normal Adam Sandler crew, right? Um, and Shaq even falls into that. Shaq's in both grown-ups movies. <laughs> um, but then I realized that uh, the two or three other Disney Channel stars they had in there were on the shows with Cameron Boyce. And so it just made a ton of sense. Because uh, at first, like, obviously they got to cast some children for the these parents. But uh, I was like, their choices were, like, pretty pretty well-known child actors. Um, and so for it to have been an homage to Cameron Boyce as well. I, I think that was a nice touching sentiment. Yeah. Uh, regardless of the movie. Uh, but, but yeah, the movie was just off the walls. It's ridiculous. Everyone's doing something crazy. Nobody, <laughs> Nobody's normal in this movie. There were certain aspects I liked, but overall I was like, oh, jeez. Right, there's like good moments, but not... Yeah. Not a good movie. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah all right so let's uh jump into these news stories but just before we do this is unanimous indecision so everyone needs to rate review subscribe wherever you're listening to us on apple Podcasts, spotify google podcasts or whatever you use to listen to us also go like the facebook page unanimous indecision join the facebook group where we would love to talk about movies go ahead and hit us up there so there's a lot of news stories um if you're new to the show this is kind of the format we do the movie reviews first at the top of the lineup and then we jump into these news stories and we we don't give the news but we comment on it because the news is out there it's it's given to us by variety hollywood reporter deadline whoever they, they drop the news we're just commenting on it we'll talk about trailers and whatnot so let's dive into some of this stuff because when I first heard a lot of these, I really wanted to talk about them the same day. We had to wait till we were recording so we get all our thoughts here. So let's <laughs> jump into this first one. So we're finally learning more information about the HBO series Green Lantern, or the Green Lantern series on HBO. Uh, we'd first heard about this last year, although there had been talks that like, a Green Lantern project was in the works for, well, for quite a while. Um, but now we know, uh, we, we know some certain plot points. We know that it's going to feature uh, several Green Lanterns, uh, several human Green Lanterns, featuring like Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, Simon Baz, and Alan Scott. And you made it, you brought, uh, you brought up a great point that if it's only going to follow human characters, this is going to be a rather boring show. I, I was thinking about that. I've gone back on it. Okay, Why? Because it's a superhero show. Okay. And so are you saying that because we we want to like identify with the characters? No. Okay, definitely not. I will never make that argument. <laughs> because <laughs> I think the fact that we can identify with Pluto from Mickey Mouse throws out all arguments for what you can and can't identify with. Good you point. can identify with the Mandalorian who you don't see his face until the last episode. So this idea that you can't identify with something that doesn't have a face, even if it has a face and doesn't talk, you can identify it because you can give emotion in body movements. And, but here's the reason why I, I've gone back on what I was thinking about. Cause Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, Simon Baz, Alan Scott, they're all human green lanterns. And at first I'm like, Hmm, that means we're, we're just following heroes from earth in this space odyssey, but here's where I would be okay with it. If they're defending earth okay. and that's what a lot of superhero things are. It's about defending earth from extraterrestrial threats. So if they tell that story and they have earthbound protagonists, I'm all in for that. Now, do you, do you think this will be an anthology series? Do you think this will be spanning Hundred decades, hundreds of years, whatever, however long, or do you think there'll be four green, four human Green Lanterns at the same time? It'd be interesting if there were. F I mean, I guess there there have been times because I guess right now in comics there's th at least three. I don't know how many there are. Um, but like there's the main ones that we know of: Hal Jordan, uh, Guy Gardner. The last one's name escapes me at this very moment. John Stewart. There we go. Um. Those are the three main ones right now. I don't know if their other ones are current uh, Green Lanterns, but like Alan Scott is uh, from the Justice Society, right? 
uh, is what I think he is. Are you there? I, cool. I, I'm here. Uh, I just, I, don't, I can't <laughs> confirm that for you. I'm pretty sure he's from the Just Society. And so, like, there is potentially some year gaps. Um, but I'd wonder if, like, with them doing Alan Scott, if they want to connect it to Justice Society, we know Justice Society is going to be in Black Adam. Uh, do we see that connection there? And then Guy Gardner maybe has the connection to how Jordan and uh, John Stewart, when they eventually introduce those Green Lanterns. Um, I would think announcing this many kind of main Green Lanterns, I would think it's an anthology. But I don't know. It could, it could be anything. Um well, in addition to those four human characters, we know that this series is going to include Sinestro and Kilowog. Ooh. Uh, be... a, there will also be new heroes added to the ranks of the Green Lantern, so I'm assuming there will be Green Lanterns that we haven't ever heard of before. So, When they say new heroes added to the ranks of the Green Lantern Corps, are they like adding, making Starman a Green Lantern? or like? My first thought was they're just... Or just like a new character, just new character. That was my John thought. Doe. <laughs> is is now a Green Lantern kind of thing? Yeah, that that, that was where I was going with it. Okay, I'm good with that. Then I would think maybe it is leaning more towards kind of a period piece. So maybe it doesn't follow a lot of the modern Green Lanterns we know, uh, because they're saving a lot of those Green Lanterns. Yeah, if you want to use them in other projects. Uh, at least you maybe. Um, maybe. Well, so we know that there's this is going to be a 10-episode long series with each episode about one hour long. They will be hour-long episodes? Yes. Then I would lean more towards anthology. Okay. I don't so know series... if we'll get 10 hours of a singular story. Man, how cool would it be if they did, like, uh, Blackest Night? 10 hours now obviously you can't do that season one but like like all the all the lantern cores <laughs> just like right. that, that'd be cool how, how well 10 hours does. of it right well uh this series is being co-written and executive produced by seth graham smith and mark guggenheim with graham smith serving as showrunner uh, additionally berlanti productions which you may recognize from the airverse shows that will produce in association with warner brothers television well, correct me if I'm wrong, but Guggenheim's also from the Arrowverse, right? He has. He has worked on Arrow as well. He co-created and served as showrunner on Arrow as well as Legends of Tomorrow. Is that uh, just Arrow and Legends? Just those two. Oh, uh, that's kind of a toss-up then. They recognize him as he, he wrote the 2011 Green Lantern film. Good for him. So this is, this is him coming back to this project and... And then trying to, try to make something that may maybe... Good uh, for him. Uh, yeah. Hopefully... Uh, he learns from whatever that was. Right. <laughs> uh, I don't actually hate the 2011 Green Lantern movie. Um, it's got some boring moments, but I don't hate that movie. I just remember one of the complaints of, of Ryan Reynolds was that the suit was just a, a mocap suit. Right. Like was... it, it definitely does look weird but again I, I've always said this I'm not that much of a visual guy like that doesn't necessarily bother me so I wasn't necessarily talking strictly about the visuals but 
I just know that like he had, he had complained about that when filming uh, it. When filming it, and, yeah. And there was times that he like he wanted to go see fans in the costume, but like there's no right. There's no costume. <laughs> it's entirely computer generated. Right. Um, and I I feel like superhero shows and movies have come a long way since then. There's a lot more. Definitely. Um. They they use like real effects, not necessarily effects, but like they use real costumes a lot more where they can. Uh, of course, computer generation has to has to still be used to make them. <laughs> well, yeah, because like you take like the Deadpool suit and the uh, Spider-Man suit, they're still real suits, but the eyes are very animated, right? Right. And you take stuff like the Iron Man suit, where you have like the the head, you yeah. have like the shoulders that are real and certain pieces, but then the rest is computer generated. Yeah, and so I, I'm sure it'll look a heck of a lot better, just by the nature of ten years. True. Um, James Cameron's done a lot (laughs) Uh, but yeah like I don't know Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow (laughs) one's a hit the others maybe had a good season Um, out of four seasons we can squish that down to one good season yeah but uh, I I mean I hope things work out Uh, I when I heard this immediately, I was like, come on, announce something with the Diggle character from Arrow. <laughs> they didn't, but uh, I, deep down, I was just like, wait, there's a connection to the Arrowverse? You're, you're telling me? Um, but yeah, I, I think this will be super entertaining regardless, just because we haven't live action really delved into Green Lantern hardly at all. Yeah. Um, the 2011 movie is basically it. We get an Easter egg at the end of Crisis um, in the DC TV shows on the CW. And that's it. We, so Green Lantern was supposed to be in the Snyder Cut. Uh, Green Lantern was supposed to get a movie in 2020. What, I mean, like, th- there was a lot of supposed to be's, but this will be 10 hours. This will be five times the amount of green lantern. <laughs> right. Um, that we've had so far. So, so I'm in for it. Uh, I'm super curious who they're going to cast as Sinistro. I think that's the most important thing to me about this <laughs> series. Cause right. Cause Sinistro has got to be in the movies eventually. Yeah. Like you, you don't do, unless right. you're only making TV shows from here on out and that's fine. But Again, talked, like, that's not a bad way to go. Uh, I mean, we, we've commended the DCTV universe despite its hit and misses on the CW just because its ability to interact with each other. Right. right. Um, and the sheer quantity of content by the nature of a 20-episode season. <laughs> uh, because it's like 10 one-hour episodes. That's almost the same amount because those are network shows, so they're really 40-minute episodes. So when they're like 20-episode seasons, that's like pretty close in content. In like time, um, but yeah, well, one hour episodes. I think it's an anthology. What What do you think about this? Uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, we we're getting another take at a live action Green Lantern, uh, and I feel like with Guggenheim at the at the head again, he will, as you said, we'll probably learn from his from past experiences with the character. Uh, I feel like this is going to turn out much better than the 2011 movie, so I'm pretty excited. Uh, I'm curious to hear more about who's going to be in it. Which which other characters, and I don't I don't know if it's gonna be an anthology or not. I don't know if I have an answer for that right now. Yeah, I mean, like, I think 
based on the nature of what they've said, it should be in an anthology. I don't know if they have the guts to make it an anthology. <laughs> I don't know if they'll be like, yeah, but if there's like one bad egg in the anthology, people are out. Right. Like, I, I don't know if people are that way, but, um, cause well, it's like, you could kind of, I mean, there, there are some successful anthology series out there. Like, um, black mirror, twilight zone made a comeback. Um, granted those are both horror centric, but this is just space centric. It's a space adventure show, you know? Well, this show is going to premiere on HBO Max. Uh, some of the, the other DC shows that are currently on there are Harley Quinn, Doom Patrol, and Titans. And the two shows that are in development with HBO are Strange Adventures and Justice League Dark. So we got some more coming up soon that we'll probably be hearing a bit more information about in the upcoming months. What's Strange Adventures? It's a DC comic. Okay, cool. I, I don't know who, <laughs> uh, who premieres in it. Uh, I'm trying to find that right now. Caught you off guard. I'll get it. <laughs> Did. But uh it it is a DC comic. So Sure. Okay. Um I'm but I, I feel like if if I don't I mean I don't know about it, I don't read a lot of comics, but if you don't know about it, I don't know how mainstream in I just hadn't even heard um separate from Justice League Dark and then like uh the Suicide Squad uh, Peacemaker series, the Gotham PD show. I didn't really hear of anything else that was new. So when you said that, new to me. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, we'll see. I yeah. I feel like the the DC TV shows are coming a long way. Yeah, it's hopefully be... we're kind of ramping back up with this stuff. Because uh, <laughs> I don't know how long. I mean, it would be cool if the CW lasted forever, but the CW TV series. But I'm hesitant to think so. Well, moving along, you sent me something that I thought was pretty interesting about the Coming to America, Coming to America, the sequel. About Vegemite? No. Oh, yeah. Vegemite. Uh, <laughs> you know a lot more about like the the movie studios and, and what's going on with them. Do you want to do you want to talk about this one? Do you want to take this one? Uh, yeah, sure. So, um, Coming to America, the sequel to Coming to America. <laughs> Riddle me that, Batman. The uh, only difference is the second one is there's oh, uh, the number two in it. <laughs> That's how you can tell. It well, we we got some information about it. It was supposed to go to theaters uh, sometime in December, I think. Maybe it was November. Um, but ultimately, it will not be coming to theaters, at least in the United States. Uh, being that Amazon is a worldwide company, I'm thinking everywhere. Um. It will be going from Paramount Pictures to Amazon. It will be now on a streaming service. So that's another one that has left its theatrical release date for streaming. Um, this is, uh, I would, what, what do you think is bigger? Do you think Mulan or Coming to America, the sequel? I, th I would I think like, Mulan is bigger. I would think, I feel like, the the groups that are in watching this movie are two very different age groups. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to tell. But I feel like Mulan is just a larger age gap, or should have been. Um, now, where Mulan, I didn't have any interest. The fact that this is coming to Amazon, uh, depending on the price, uh, I might be interested in it. Whereas Mulan, I had very little. 
right interest uh did you hear this other thing that just happened i know i didn't send you an article about it but uh mulan is either already or uh will soon be on amazon and other streaming platforms interesting and it will cost thirty dollars to own but what's weird is if i were to spend thirty dollars to amazon or some other um streaming service where i could buy it if i spent thirty dollars to own it it would not be contingent on my disney plus subscription which if you buy it through disney plus it is if you ever unsubscribe from disney plus well i guess by that point it'll be free for everyone anyways but that's the other thing that's weird is we're only a month and a half away from getting Mulan for free on Disney Plus and right. free a- free asterisk because you're paying that subscription fee. So a month and a half and you're still going to spend 30 bucks on a movie that has already had a lot of negative buzz around it. I, there's going to be some people that will do it. And I, I imagine imag- a lot because you're finding this demographic of people who didn't buy it on Disney Plus. Right. And aren't willing to wait a month and a half to get it on Disney Plus for seven bucks, basically. So I I don't imagine it's going to make a lot of money. It it will get some people. However, I feel like most of the money that's being made off of this is going to come from Disney selling, like, the ability or allowing other companies to to sell this on their platform. Yeah. I I, I don't know how that works, but yeah. I don't either, but there's no way that Disney. Is letting other companies sell their movie. There's absolutely no way. Right, right. So well, I feel I mean, like that's... Well, what it probably is is just that, like, of those $30 on Amazon, maybe Amazon keeps the 10%, 20%, whatever it is, whatever they negotiated on. Um, and if that's all it is, then it doesn't hurt Disney to do that at all. I just don't know if anyone's going to buy it. Like, and, but right. at this point, I think they're trying to make any money they can off this. Yeah, no, that's fair. Because I don't think this movie did very well financially, and they're just trying—they're trying to earn as much as they're trying to just milk it while they can. Because once it goes free, I—I I feel like most of their sales are gonna drop off. Whatever it lasts. Well, I mean, definitely because like it, it'll be free asterisk, but at that point, exactly. Uh, I just don't know if there's anyone who hasn't. Anyone who wants to see it, haven't they already seen it? Or aren't they just willing to wait another month? You've waited a month so far. You'd think. So why not wait another one? (laughs) Uh, That would be the smart thing to do. It just seems very odd to me. But I heard that and I was like, wow, that's... (laughs) So Disney Plus exclusives, not so exclusive. (laughs) I think what they should have done, granted this costs more money. If they were going to do anything... They should have done physical copies. Interesting. They should have sold physical copies for 30 bucks because I think that would be more likely to get people to buy it because then you can just have it on a whim. Right? But it, isn't Disney done? They, it, they are. But I, I think they need to bring it back. I think if you're going to charge $30, <laughs> um, you need to start doing some sort of physical copies thing or just do something new like okay uh because it's kind of bogus right like 
in 10 years if Disney Plus isn't around and you spent 30 bucks a month on some new original movie well not 30 bucks a month I mean Disney puts out because remember Disney isn't just Disney right it's Disney Fox Searchlight um I guess if ESPN ever makes movies um and, and a handful of other Pixar uh so like Disney as a studio kind of does uh put out a new at least one new movie every month. Yes, but it's not the the price for that's not $30. But if it was, if we if they so completely neglected the theatrical release okay. and they they exclusively do uh internal just on Disney Plus. Okay. And they they liked the Mulan price point, which I don't think they did. I don't think they did like it because no. <laughs> otherwise, why would it be going to other companies at this point? Right. Um. But if they did, so a new Disney, Fox, whatever, Pixar movie, 30 bucks a month. Of course, most people want to see it. Most people with families are going to want to see each movie. Um, going to the movie theater once a month isn't that unrealistic. So 30 bucks a month for 10 years and then Disney Plus just closes shop you don't have those DVDs those Blu-rays like those 4K uh, CDs like kind of sucks I mean do you think in 10 years that that will be an outdated technology Disney Plus or physical medium I mean I think there's a lot of argument that's outdated now yeah but that's my point I mean how many of those VHS movies do you still have around the house that you're going to go watch none but only because of dvd and blu-rays i still have dvds i I never had a blu-ray player so i don't have any blu-rays but i think there's from a consumer standpoint especially if you're paying thirty dollars thirty dollars is the price of physical media that's how much new movies sell for when they come when they made it to physical media. So if you're going to charge $30, there has to be something physical also because I think more people care about physical media than streaming. Now maybe not everyone, but if it was like a bonus thing that like maybe for every 4 $30 new originals from disney you get you get one physical one of them is a physical i i don't i hate that idea (laughs) Um, i would say one advantage physical media has over digital is that when the apocalypse hits and we're all in our bunkers and the internet doesn't work anymore all the movies that you bought on disney plus will be gone well it's not even just that but but any of those, any of those physical. I imagine. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they're. I hope they're they're smart about their storage of their on their servers of their original content and whatnot. But like the apocalypse happens, okay, for ten, twenty, fifty years, there's no Netflix, no Disney Plus, no nothing, and then we start getting back on our feet, right? And technology comes back around because it'll always be easier to get back to where you were because you were once there and right. if you have the trash you can kind of make the treasure a little bit okay 
um or at least come pretty close to it so then like if if those files are if there's just one copy of it on a singular netflix uh or disney hard drive right like that's the master copy that only one person has so much history of a film is just instantly gone <laughs> Because that would be the worst thing to happen in an apocalypse. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's the worst. The, the loss of all our all our movies. That's all that's our the... movies. Yeah, I mean, what are well, people gonna gonna watch on their uh, uh, tin foil <laughs> screens? Going back to uh, coming to America, <laughs> the expected streaming premiere date is gonna be December 18th. That's right. That's, yeah, be the earliest that you can go in and purchase this. Uh, I assume you'll be getting it. I don't know. Uh, okay. I haven't decided yet. Uh, like, do I want to see it? Sure. Uh, could I wait? Maybe. Um, if I buy it, it'll be solely to review it on this channel. Um, but otherwise, I'll I'll wait. Uh, so this is not a first for uh, this. May be surprising to some, uh, but this is not the first time that Amazon has done this to. To a movie, like recently. Right. What was that? Uh, what was the other movie? So they recently picked up the sequel to Borat. Right, uh, which is well coming out in like Tom, two weeks or something. As well as the Tom Clancy adaptation, Without Remorse, starring Michael B. Jordan. Right. And they also picked up Regina King's One Night in Miami. Okay. Wow. So Jeez, Amazon's just Amazon's just picking up a lot. Yeah. Um. Just goes more into. I'm telling you, Amazon's gonna buy a movie theater chain. <laughs> It's going to happen. Probably. So have you, do you know the plot of Coming to America, the, the sequel? I don't. Okay, so uh, in so basically, Prince Akeem is set to become the king of a fictional country uh, of Zamunda when he discovers he has a son he never knew about in America, a street-savvy Queens native named Lavelle. To honor the former king's dying wish to groom his grandson as the crown prince, Akeem and Semi set off to America. I'm into that. That sounds fun. Seems like it'd be an exciting story. <laughs> uh, I know the first one was really good. Yeah. Um, I don't really remember it very well. But... <laughs> I don't remember too much of it, but I do remember watching it, and uh, it was pretty, it was pretty enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I, I think our next news story is pretty closely related. So let's keep it going. Well, we have yet a, <laughs> yet another movie being removed from a theatrical release, having its theatrical release uh, taken away platform so pixar's soul has now lost its theatrical release um and it will be premiering on disney plus on december 25th yeah well that's like a month later right yeah it, it's gonna it, be it november is, 20th i think it was it was november 20th and now it's moving to december 25th uh however this is only for um the domestic market Right, Interna because Disney Plus doesn't exist everywhere. Right, right. right. Internationally, it will be still being shown uh, in theaters in certain. Does that mean November has no no movies, <laughs> no new movies? <laughs> I think theatrically. Uh... Um, does... Actually, no. I think I think it has. Um, as long as the Crudes, a new age, of the Crudes sequel. The... Okay. I think that's that's still in November. Um, sure. November twenty fifth. <laughs> Okay. Oh. 
that <laughs> that might be the one. Which is uh ugh. So okay, so November has just about vacated theatrically new movies. Yep. Oh, yep. I, that that reminds me. I made a mistake last week. Um maybe by the time I put this episode out it will be true. Hopefully not. Um I was saying Regal and AMC had both closed their doors yet again. Uh that was mistaken. Only Regal had done so. AMC said the same thing as Cinemark, and they said they were going to do their best to stay open as long as they can, Um, which is cool. However, when you see a move like this, Soul, which a lot of people were looking at, also an Oscar contender uh, for Best Animated, you got to wonder. (laughs) Um, Now we're looking at, I don't think the Croods is going to drag that many people to the theaters. Maybe it will. I don't think so. Uh, now we're really, again, kind of just looking at Wonder Woman, also on Christmas. I just, which uh, will I have hope, to I compete hope. with Soul at Home on Christmas, right? Right. Uh, so, uh, I got to think Wonder Woman's thinking about moving. I hope it doesn't, but but it probably will. Uh, probably I will, will say, for for those uh, who are interested. Soul will be going to Disney Plus, unlike Milan. Without it's not behind a paywall. It's it'll be available to everyone for for no extra charge. This is so, absolutely insane to me. <laughs> I I feel like I feel like Milan's price wall was an experiment. Definitely, and it just did not work. But it's like, don't you think also, on onward. Onward was in theaters for like a week or two. Okay. And then it was released for free about three weeks later on Disney+. Plus. Um, and now that did go to like Amazon and other places, and it was like a $25 rental or whatever. Uh, but then it was free on Disney+, Plus fairly shortly. Didn't they already do this test of like having it free on Disney Plus with Onward? And then, like, sure, it's not like a perfect comparison because it did get a little bit of theatrical and a little bit of on demand. But also, like, you're you're looking at Mulan. Now I'm happy. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy that's free because that's what Netflix does, and I think that's cool of them. That they're just like, you're paying for a subscription service. We're not going to tack you on with fees right? for every movie you want to watch. And so I think that's the right way to do a subscription service. Like, I'm already paying you per month. It's an automated payment. Like, why are you tacking on extra things? <laughs> uh, especially when Disney has, like, some of the – maybe the least amount of new stuff. Um, since it's launched. Yeah, there does seem to be a little... Um, I mean, HBO Max also, but HBO Max is even less time. It's been around for less time even than Disney+. Plus. So, like, do you... I'm trying to figure out how to word this, but... Okay. Why not charge, like, 10 bucks? That's true. Like, right? Again, I don't think... From a business standpoint. Purely well, from even, a business even standpoint. Doing, even if you're doing an experiment to, to see if people are willing to do it, you can't 
get all the information out of one single instance, one one single try. And you'll never be able to do it because like Mulan had so much negative pre-buzz and then it had negative buzz. You're never going to be able to replicate that with a different price point. Right. Right, because you'd have to have create the exact same conditions before the movie comes out, exact same conditions of word of mouth. Right. And then and at $20 or something. And I feel like if you had put... So let's say you wanted to release uh, Soul and Mulan at the same time. Maybe not at the same time, whatever, but you release them and you put them both up for $30. I feel like more people would watch Soul. 100%. Because it has that Pixar brand to it. And it's an original that, movie. <laughs> and it's an original movie. So if you if you had wanted to do that, I feel like Soul should have been the $30 charge and Mulan would, should have been a little bit less. Definitely. No, I'm not. I don't want Disney to charge us more money, so I'm not saying that they should charge for Soul. But if they wanted to to really make right. some money but off from this, from so like a, a nickel and diming perspective, you'd put you should you should definitely charge for Soul. Why not even charge? But that's what I'm saying is why. Okay, you don't want to charge thirty bucks because that got you a lot of negative PR. Right. Why not ten? That'll exactly. be cheaper than anyone else except for Netflix who drops them for free. But that'll be cheaper than anyone else who does on-demand movies. So why not do 10 bucks? People will pay that. People would absolutely pay that. Yeah. It's it's 10 bucks is a third of 30 bucks. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> you I'm very proud of you. You can you can in in better if you feel comfortable get go out to eat get a full dinner <laughs> for you and another person and watch the movie for 30 bucks <laughs> rather than just the movie right um and it's something that has a lot of positive buzz going into it like it, it it's like i i don't know i i just be curious that like my my big thing is that if they went like $30 and then they charged $20 for soul and it still didn't work and then the next one went free, okay. But if they go $30 for Mulan, soul is free, asterisk, and then let's say Black Widow goes to streaming and then Black Widow's 20 bucks, so it goes 30 free, 20 I'm going to be like, hmm, what's going on here, guys? <laughs> right. If they go back on what they did, uh, I'm be very frustrated. I but if they went thirty, twenty, 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 and then, uh, like, does it just become like on a movie to movie basis what we what they charge or? Well, so, I mean, even ignoring just like from a from a business standpoint. Or at least, for, I guess, from the, the from the studio standpoint, uh, like theaters cannot be happy with this because it's, it's just more and more movies getting getting pulled from theaters. We've been talking about how uh, how hard it is for them to stay open, and it's just getting worse, like week by week. And this is arguably, I I, I do wonder what's worse in theaters' minds. Because, like, if they're looking in, they're not going to be able to... So if they look at November 20th, they can't release Soul. 
does it matter to them whether they will be able to release it one day in the future, maybe six months from that date, or whether they'll just never be able to do it? Because it's like six months from November 20th, there are other movies coming out that weekend, right? Like, right. it's not just Soul if that's the weekend that Soul takes from a theatrical perspective. So it, it, it's not like... Uh, it's not like there won't be alternatives. Um, so, so I wonder how much they care w- whether it's delayed or whether it goes to streaming. Um, but just in general with it moving, yeah, they can't be too happy. Um, yeah, I don't, I do not know. Fortunately, uh, or unfortunately, but fortunately, in my perspective, uh, Patty Jenkins with Wonder Woman 1984 says, isn't quite saying it the same way that Christopher Nolan was saying it, but she is saying that she is really trying to maintain a theatrical release for Wonder Woman 1984. Um, I don't know if that'll be December, but especially now with it having some at-home competition... Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I have a feeling Wonder Woman will maintain a theatrical release, but I think it'll move again. That's my thoughts, because I think a lot of theaters are going to look and be like, in the next, uh, we're in October, next four months, February. The only real tentpole movie that's coming out is Wonder Woman in four months. And we still have to wait two months for that one. Mm-hmm. So they're like, you know, honestly, maybe you should just move Wonder Woman, right? Like, but who knows? Maybe maybe Wonder Woman um, just moves kind of to the front of the line. And so uh, last week I was talking about March. Maybe they released Wonder Woman in February. And so maybe it moves up that, uh, that window. But I, I really don't think you can start looking at the theater uh, perspective optimistically until march probably um just by the nature of what studios are doing um in response i i don't blame them for their choices but what studios are doing in response to what we're doing uh, as consumers of not going to movie theaters which if you don't feel safe that's fine um but uh theaters also have to react and regal chose to close i don't know if AMC and Cinemark will be making announcements next week and being like, man, we, we held our ground for you and you, <laughs> you failed us. Uh, you failed us. Uh, trusted you. but hopefully, I, I mean, it'd be interesting to see if AMC and Cinemark try to fight it out. Um, I don't know if AMC will be super successful in fighting it out <laughs> due to their money problems. Yep. Uh, but, I could maybe see Cinemark trying to stay open another three months. I, I don't know what their money uh, bottom line looks like, but uh, I haven't heard anything financially devastating about Cinemark, so <laughs> I'm going to lean more towards them making it out than AMC. Yeah, I just I really don't know what's going to happen. But, yeah, I probably can't start thinking th- uh, too optimistically about the theatrical release until March. 
just the way that it is. Well, moving along, uh, we've got a bit more information about the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show that's coming out. Oh, they're still making that? As of now. <laughs> as of now. In fact, it's supposed to start begin filming in March. Wasn't it? It was last year's D23. They said it was done. We're getting started. And then, yeah. Whatever. So they're beginning filming in March? Yeah. So the, the, the series was first uh, announced back in August of last year. And it was supposed to begin filming in 2020, but that was delayed when the writer uh, Hussein Amini left the project in January of 2020. Interesting. And in April, uh, Amini was replaced by Joby Harold, and then the script rewrites forced production to be laid until 2021. And then with COVID, everything's kind of just been put on, put on hold. So it looks like it'll begin back up in uh, about five months. Cool. I'll believe when I see it. Uh, <laughs> do you think, because uh, I'm still excited for it, but in March, let's assume they hit this window, right? And they okay. actually start filming it. Okay. When does it come out? Uh, 2022. 2022? Okay. Probably. You think it'll early be, 22? It'll be, it'll be, because it's a Disney Plus show, it'll probably be eight, ten episodes. Right. Uh, it's going to take you six to eight months to film, probably. Okay, so then early 22? Probably early 22. I'd be down for that. Mandalorian hits the end of the year. Uh, Kenobi hits the beginning. I hope that Cassie and Andor show's moving along. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you see this quote, though, in this article? Which one? So uh, Ewan McGregor said... Um, this this was all kind of on the Graham Norton show. Um, Ewan McGregor says, It's the Obi-Wan Kenobi story, I suppose. It's not all me, but it certainly will be a lot of me, which is good. We start shooting in March next year. Who so, Who else's story is it? <laughs> who knows? It is the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Now, granted, it's the Mandalorian series, and yet we get... But I would argue that the child, the asset, as of right now, is on his way of becoming a Mandalorian. Right? He's on his way of adhering to the creed. Right. Because he's he's part of a clan. He's, a, he's is, part of a clan of two. So the issue is we've seen his face. <laughs> that, yeah, that's the biggest issue. That's the biggest issue. Um... I don't know. I don't know if that means that we're going to get like some of Luke and Leia, like just see what they're up to. I have to imagine like Luke will be in at least one episode, right? Cause right. That, that's what he's supposed to be doing regardless well, of whether other, he is. Otherwise just Obi-Wan just chilling and chilling in the sand for. Right. Years. Yeah. I don't. Not 30 years, but you well, know. I remember way back when they were talking about, he was like settling the, the original synopsis for them show is like he was settling a dispute between um the sand people and some town and i was like what <laughs> i was like why this is no one has ever settled these disputes before <laughs> um 
I, I do think later on in the article, um, Ewan McGregor said something about uh, Sir Alec Guinness, who he portrayed a younger version of uh, just in Star Wars in general, in the previous. Yes. Um, so in, in this article, or in this interview that was re- that happened recently, and I guess going all the way back to even in the prequels, like when those were being filmed, Ewan McGregor has always held such reverence for this character and for Sir, Sir Alec Guinness's portrayal of it. Because I remember so many times that that I would hear that, like, uh, even just to get the voice right, right, that Ewan McGregor would like watch uh, Alec Guinness's old movies just to try and nail down his uh, his own idiot, which I think is incredible that he's he's trying this hard to try and portray just a younger version of of Sir Alec Guinness's version of the character. And in this interview this year, he said the fun thing about doing that in the first place, i.e., playing this character is uh when i was much younger i was trying to imagine alec guinness how would he play these scenes as a younger guy right. it led me to watch some of his earlier work which i had never seen before brilliant movies wonderful films that he'd been in and i had such a great time studying him in those movies i just <laughs> he's such a wholesome guy and now he's uh, getting even closer to almost just being that alec guinness obi-wan kenobi right right he's getting uh, closer he's closed a lot of that gap do you think will do you think we're gonna get Ben Kenobi out of this? It's no longer <laughs> Obi Wan. Um, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I imagine like if he runs into like a nine-year-old Luke or whatever, he'll be like, "I'm Ben Kenobi. You can call me old Ben Kenobi." <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Th- th- I imagine that's how he'll introduce himself, at least to Luke. Do you think he'll be like, "Hello, my little friend"? To Luke. <laughs> Hello, my oh, that'd be so good. Come here. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, it, it's pretty funny to think about because, like, uh, looking at Revenge of the Sith compared to A New Hope, uh, Obi-Wan and then Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru, they all age <laughs> very brutally. It's that desert heat, man. <laughs> That I desert know. heat really ages you up. Turns everybody into job of the hut. Because, <laughs> uh, like, they... they <laughs> obviously, it's different actors, but... Uh, right. It's only supposed to be 20 years. <laughs> it looks like 50. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's desert heat, man. The oh, well, I'm excited. The skin. I, I'm excited to see more of of uh Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi whenever we get I... to <laughs> right right who do you think okay he says Obi-Wan Kenobi story I suppose it's there a lot of me so so then what what's the part that isn't me you're thinking Luke and Leia that was my thought okay um I don't know what else they I'm thinking do. new character altogether just all together okay yeah I think Luke will be in at least one episode, but I'm thinking what he's referring to is a new character altogether. And Maybe. I don't know what to think of that, but uh, I try not to. Would be cool if Bo-Katan could show up. That's all I'm saying uh, at some point, just to say hi. And then he can grieve. Uh everything that would be cool 
yeah, I don't know. Let's keep moving along, though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we, we've got a, a teaser trailer for Hulu's uh, Modoc TV show, the stop motion. Right. Dude, I don't even know what to think about this. I'm so not in for this. I don't know. I I mean, like, maybe if you're a fan of, like, Robot Chicken, it's done in that animation style. It has those writers, I think. It's Claymation. It's um, their stop-stop animation. Those animators, yeah. Um, I think it's also those writers. Patton Oswalt is very involved. He's the, he's voicing the character, so yeah. I don't think it's going to be, like, bad, per se. It's just not for me. I, yeah. I have no interest in this whatsoever. This comedy office series of Modoc. Um, the one thing. So, if you if, did you watch uh, the whole video, like we're talking so. about the show itself, rather than just the teaser. Oh, maybe not then. I don't remember. So, it the guy who was talking. I don't know who this was. Brought up a good point, saying if you're a fan of some of the, the more niche characters. Oh, right, right, right. Like, in the uh, like in live action or whatever, then this might be the show for you because it's just it's giving you a chance to to look at some of the other characters that you enjoy that aren't going to be able to make it into the MCU anytime soon. Although they were um, talking about a lot of X Men characters in uh, this show, yeah, yeah, they were in the Comic Con panel. Oh. I think that's what it was. No, not the Comic. It was something. There was a panel. Uh, okay. They and they they were talking a lot about X Men characters in it, and, and like they were like, yeah, I was very surprised who they let us use in this show, which makes me think it's someone of decent size, like maybe an actual X Men, huh. uh, or maybe Magneto or a, a big member of the Mutant Brotherhood or something, but like, I don't know. It's just like. It's such, like, it's so much a comedy that I don't think I have any interest in it whatsoever. Yeah, it didn't strike me as something that I was super interested in. Uh, and I had said previously, like, some of the other, because we were going to get a Hellstorm for a while. That came Hellstrom. out. Did, that did came that out on Hulu, yeah. I never saw it. I guess it shows how much I was It's already been canceled, but... Cool. Um, it got uh, its one season... I don't know how it was, but we then there was the Ghostwriter show that we had for a little while uh, that was to be worked on, and then that was canceled. Right. I feel like out of all of those Hulu shows, I would have been most interested in Ghostwriter. Well, Hulu was uh, more more connected to Modoc, I guess. I don't know if they were all supposed to be in uh, this claymation style. Sure, hope not. But uh, they were going to do. Uh, Modoc, Dazzler, and Tigra. Um, Howard the Duck. There's and there was gonna be the offenders. Dazzler, or did I just say Dazzler and Tigra? You did say Dazzler. Um, who's the fourth one? I don't remember. There was a fourth one. There was the offenders. And then they were going to join up as the offenders, which felt like very much a parody of the Netflix series, which that's fine, but I don't know. It's just like. Too many laughs. I need I need a little bit of drama in in this. Um, like Modoc's got a family. Uh, I, 
I feel like the the complaint that some people had about the WandaVision trailer, they're like, oh, it's a sitcom. I don't have interest in that. To me, MODOK's a sitcom. This is a sitcom. Like, WandaVision, I know, won't be. Right. I, I have enough knowledge about what's going to be happening in that series that I know it will not be a sitcom. MODOK looks like a sitcom. <laughs> now, may, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, but... Uh yeah, I I have so little interest in this. Do you, do you have any? You gonna Not check really. it out at all? <laughs> uh, I don't want to like borrow someone's Hulu to go check this out. Right. <laughs> uh, if if I had Hulu, I might put it on if I'm doing something else just to just to see. But this does not inspire me with enough uh, interest to go out and get it myself or something like that. No. I I will gladly let this one slide by. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely with you. Let's jump into the <laughs> you know, most the important you thing we could talk about. More excited about. Yeah. Uh, Tom Holland has left the character of Spider-Man behind. He is no Thank longer. Thank goodness! Finally, <laughs> Tobey Maguire returns, Absolutely. and how we should write out a longer bit. Now. Uh, <laughs> play this ahead of time uh i feel like maybe we should have seen this coming with the death of uh tony stark so spider-man is getting a new mentor is what the whole gist is and kind of out of nowhere or at least to me it's out of nowhere it's gonna be dr strange well i think if the question is spider-man has to get a new mentor who do you pick it, then maybe then dr strange is definitely like one of like three or four people um that come to mind the only one that if 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 we need to have an avenger be it like one of the superheroes that he's one of the only ones that can realistically do it uh i I don't see bucky right being you know like hey hey kid let's uh no i don't see that happening it's definitely like dr strange nick fury if Black Widow wasn't dead. Um, right. But I, I don't necessarily see Black Widow being a good father figure. Yeah, but it's just a mentor, right? In the superhero role. Um, they just have to hey. teach you life lessons. It's not about <laughs> puberty. Uh, well, so we had Tony Stark as, as, as the father figure and mentor. Right. Uh, in Far From Home, we had Nick Fury slash Talos a bit. Right. Uh, and so now we're getting Doctor Strange. Now I would also argue that Happy has been sort of a mentor for him. I feel like Happy is a better mentor for Peter. Yeah, that's fair. Others are better mentors for for Spider. But I don't know. In uh, Far From Home, towards the end, when Happy was like, "Hey, man, you need to pick yourself back up and get back in the fight." Like, you... hey, man. It's a little bit of both. I don't know. Um, I guess that's fair. And, and, like, if we just continued that pre-established relationship, which I'm sure maybe there will be a little bit of that if Happy's in this movie. But... Well, if, if he and uh, Summer Aunt Fling together. Uh, yeah. That blossoms into something more. That ends. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we see where it goes. Uh, 
yeah, like I, I'd be more interested in to just continuing a little bit of that with Happy. Uh, but otherwise, I don't imagine they're gonna get rid of Happy. I just think he'll he might not play as big a role as he did in Far From Home. That, there's two ways to frame this news. Uh, Doctor Strange is in Spider Man Three, and then the other one is Doctor Strange is the mentor of Spider Man. <laughs> And they went with the latter. Right. Uh, and and I would have much, much more preferred the former. Because, like, if Doctor Strange was in the movie in a similar way that he was in Thor Ragnarok, as just, like, a little five-minute, ten-minute cameo, um, right. he interacts with Thor a little bit, even a little bit with Loki, and then we move on. Not a huge part of the plot. If we're wording it like mentor, granted Tony Stark's not a ton in uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming, but my point is just that like Spider-Man has had some character development. He's had two solo, solo-ish, um, solo asterisk adventures. Um, I would also say that Mysterio has been a mentor for Spider-Man. For the first half of Spider-Man: Far From Home, Mysterio's the mentor. Because uh, he's like, wow, look at that guy. Like, this guy knows how to save people. This guy could be Iron Man. I should take his advice. <laughs> uh, he needs to stop having mentors <laughs> and just strike it out on his own. Um, I get it. He's only like 17. This sort of. Um, <laughs> but, like, if we're going to, like, senior in high school, right? Uh if he's a senior in high school, sure. If he's a senior in high school, yeah, I guess he needs a mentor. But he fought Thanos. Right? Like, he fought Thanos. He's made mistakes. He's learned from them. I, I, do, I do like in Far From Home. He's like, you've been to space. Yeah. Like, so I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> as much as he wants to be this friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, he wants to be this small town hero, he's already a big town hero. And he, like, wasn't the whole arc of Spider-Man Far From Home that, like, uh, I mean, there's, like, a several different ways to interpret it, but isn't it that, like, he can be his own hero? Right? He makes the suit. He can do it. And, there, sure, there's kind of the idea that, like, oh, he doesn't need to be Iron Man, and then he becomes Iron Man. But uh, by making his own suit. <laughs> uh, or maybe he becomes Iron Man, but he doesn't become Tony Stark, I guess. I guess. Um, but it's kind of like Iron Man told him, right? Uh, he said, I just want to be you. I wanted you to be better. Right. And so well, in, in a lot of ways, Spider-Man has become better. But like, isn't it time for him to strike it out on his own? You know? I mean... If we're getting 10 Spider-Man movies and he had a mentor for the first three, am I going to be bad? No. The thing is, I don't know if we have 10 Spider-Man movies. Right. Um, if we only have three and in every single one, they don't let Tom Holland just carry his own movie? Like, what the heck? What's up with because that? That's the, that's the other thing. Is It's likely a two two way thing that this this move could have just been to add star power to to get people out right. but I don't necessarily think 
they need that though. I think he I think Tom Holland can hold a movie on his own. I I should think. <laughs> um and then like but almost you got to wonder if there's like a little bit of corporate going on uh where they're like, "Wait, we still need Spider-Man to be dependent on the MCU." And so throw Doctor Strange in there so that you can't have... So before you couldn't have Spider-Man without Iron Man. Now you can't have Spider-Man without Doctor Strange. I don't know. <laughs> That's a tinfoil Something hat. Makes but, sense. Uh, From a, a MCU aspect, uh, I do like that Doctor Strange is in this because it can help explain why Jamie Foxx's Electro is going to be in this But film. Jamie Foxx has said that he won't be blue. So is it the same Electro I don't know. I mean, like, that's... what is it from? Even a third universe? So, like, <laughs> it's not. It's not the Amazing Spider-Man Andrew Garfield Earth, and it's not the MCU Earth. It's a third Earth, where there's a different Electro. Which I mean, there definitely are. There's an infinite. We're just gonna get a scene but... in Spider-Man Three. Where Electra is sitting down in front of a mirror, painting his face blue. Uh, <laughs> and it's going to pan to the left, and we're going to see Joaquin Phoenix's Joker painting his face blue. <laughs> also blue. <laughs> yeah. And then someone just I, I nods and goes, Multiverse? <laughs> <laughs> and they just look at him weirdly. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't necessarily know if. Because it's like, it, it seems it, to counter each other, right? Just a little bit. It doesn't have to. Like I said, if if Jamie Foxx's Electro this time is from like a third Earth, yeah, um, then that would answer it perfectly fine. But if we're saying that he's not that Electro because he's not blue, well, it could be in the same way. I think it could be potentially from different Earth in the same way that uh, we're gonna get um, Evan Peters in the Wandavision show. Well, that's the same Earth, right? Well, Just, but that's not even. The, well, because we don't again, know for sure he's thought, playing Quicksilver. That's true. So well, again, it's I don't, tough to I don't make that comparison. I think he's going to be playing. So then, how is it the same? Because it it he's supposed to look like it's for us. It's for the audience. Right, but that doesn't do anything in universe. Right, that's just Mephisto. That's what Mephisto looks like in universe. Yeah. Okay. Like, and it's not even what he looks like because you could just recast people. So. <laughs> I, I then I don't have an answer. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what it's going to be. But but yeah, like if if it's not the Electra from that Earth, unless they advance that character some more. I mean, last we saw him was 2014. Right. So stuff maybe they give stuff has happened with him. He got cured of his blueness. Maybe got a face scar and is now yellow lightning. I don't know. <laughs> Like, maybe a lot's happened to him since then, and then he comes over. Um, or maybe he is from the MCU Earth, or he's from a third Earth. I don't know. Uh, do you know it's also weird? Let's talk chronology. Okay. I'm so Spider-Man says he's been Spider-Man for about six months at the time of Civil War. Sure. Right? Doctor Strange gets his power, starts learning... Because his accident happens around the time of Civil War. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. Uh, 
because I believe he was training for like a year, is what Something they like said. That. We don't have we don't have quite an answer. We don't have an exact yeah, it, answer. It's just an interpretation. We don't know for sure. Because uh, at one point they were saying 10 years, then they said two. I think it's down to one. That means Spider-Man has been Spider-Man longer than Doctor Strange has been Doctor Strange. I don't necessarily think that he's getting... It's not a mentor if he's like, oh, here's your superhero mentor. Right. If it's just mentor from like a magic perspective, from a a multiverse perspective, okay. But like, how much does Doctor Strange really understand all that stuff? He's yeah, only done it twice. And Spider-Man's done it once. Like... That we know of. Maybe time flows differently in other worlds. I mean, we could Arguably, get it, like, Spider-Man has had almost the same amount of interaction as Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange has actually traveled. But Spider-Man picks up on it like almost instantly with Mysterio, even though Mysterio's lying. But let's say Mysterio actually was from Earth 616, right? Um, so he's from a different Earth, and Spider-Man interacts with him. And Spider-Man, like, completely grasps that concept. Right. Why does he need a mentor on the case of the multiverse? If he needs someone to help him travel it, sure, Doctor Strange is your guy. What do you think? Sure. I don't necessarily think that he's going to be a mentor strictly for the multiverse. Now, it's possible. It could could be that Strange is only there to help out with, with understanding the multiverse. Again, because we know that we've got the multiverse madness coming about, so it could just be a time. Who knows? But I don't know if it necessarily has to be that. I feel like it could just be just a general mentor, such as what? What? How would he mentor Spider-Man in a way that he still needs a father figure? A father figure? I mean, someone. T- Tony someone Stark to needed a father figure and never had one. Right? He has some terrible daddy issues. He does. And he never had a father figure. But in the end... He... Because he killed his father figure in the first movie. <laughs> 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 right? Like, sure. like arguably Jeff Bridges, uh, uh, Obadiah Stane, is his father well, he... figure. And yeah, he, he kills him. I mean, he ra- well, yeah, because he raised Tony. <laughs> yeah, and, and then Tony kills him. And then yes. raises himself. Uh, you know, like a grown man. <laughs> yes, but he also wasn't in high school when that happened. Right, but shouldn't like Aunt May be raising her <laughs> her nephew? Who are all these strange men in Peter's life? <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, like, doesn't Aunt May get to do a little more? Uh, She's spending too much time with the community that superheroes have to be raising her nephew. I guess. Like, what's going on there? Well, uh, from a filming side, going back to talking about news and whatnot, uh, Spider-Man 3 is going to start shooting uh, in Atlanta later this October. And I guess that means he's done with Uncharted, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. You can and... go try and... Find out well, where they shoot. No. Multiverse of Madness is also supposed to start filming this month. Oh, they're filming both at the same time. Uh, but different locations. Multiverse of Madness is, is shooting in London. Right. London, which is doubling as New York, of 
course. Yes. Cool, cool. Uh, I'm super into that. Um, now, Doctor Strange doesn't come out till 22. Uh... Right? Because it's not in the current slate for 21. Right. And then I think Spider-Man still has a 21 date. Um, I think it's towards the end of the year, maybe. I'll take your word on it. I don't question have mark exclamation right point. Um, so Spider-Man comes before Doctor Strange. Ah, uh, yes, actually, I do. Uh, so I do have a date for Spider-Man. It's going to be December seventeenth, twenty twenty-one, as of now. Yeah. Okay. However, that is likely to change. But, yeah. Sure. Yeah, everything's changed. Everything's um, shifted. I think Spider-Man's date is dependent on Morbius and Venom two, I believe. And then Doctor Strange is dependent on the other Marvel movies. Yeah. Um, so, which I guess is uh, Black Widow, whenever that comes out. April, May. I think it's May. Uh, it, I'm so torn on this because it's like, deep down, I am really excited. Because anytime you get a team up, you're like, heck yes. Let's have more interaction between our heroes. But at uh, the same time, I'm like... I want Spider-Man to, to hold his own. Let him fight uh, Electro and Rhino on his own. What's he going to do? Have someone holding his hand as Kraven is shooting at him? <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, eventually, Spider-Man's got to stand on his own. And I hope we have enough Spider-Man movies that that eventually happens. Otherwise, True. I guess, Sp here's the thing. Spider-Man will be standing on his own, yeah, against Venom where they'll eventually team up. So, like, how much is he really standing on his own still? Well, like, for the first movie. For the first half of the movie. I guess. Uh, unless they truly that. let that movie, which you could have it be a Spider-Man versus Venom movie, although it would be tough with this version of Venom. But Right. I'm uh, trying to make Venom likable. Right. Uh, it's just like, mm. Spider-Man needs to stand on his own and i mean it could work don't don't get me wrong you have him get dr strange as a mentor and you just continue to lean into that mentor stuff and then it only makes it even more important when he finally has no mentors uh-oh dr strange is on another earth when the sinister six have united to kill spider-man now more than ever does he need help and there's and nobody there and that's when he steps up and does it himself and that could be okay um this is this is an outside opinion just and the outside opinion comes from not knowing the plan right um i don't know if that's the plan if that's the plan that sounds great the plan is that there is no plan if the plan is to dr strange to be the mentor captain marvel's the next mentor uh who's another one give me give me one um hulk should be a mentor for him at some point um uh, daredevil Sam. will get introduced and be his mentor in the same movie <laughs> uh, because how terrible would that be despite me wanting a daredevil spider-man team up uh in my opinion spider-man needs co-workers that's what he needs he needs other superheroes he can work with whether that's the young avengers whether that's daredevil whether that's jessica jones you name it uh luke cage iron fist those guys could be fun uh other spider-men throw in spider-woman he needs other co-workers he doesn't need another mentor uh, that's that's my hot take uh, but 
what is the likelihood you think that I don't know, let's let's throw something crazy at the wall. Toby Maguire Spider Man is in either Spider Man three or Doctor Strange. Okay. Because Doctor Strange is in Spider Man three. Yep. Sam Raimi is directing Doctor Strange. And he directed the Toby Maguire Spider Man trilogy. What do you think is the likelihood that Toby Maguire is in Doctor Strange or Spider Man three? Oh jeez. I think I, it's pretty high. <laughs> I don't know if he'd want to come back. I don't know. You hear Do you it? Think... That there's been a lot of uncovered things about Sam Raimi's Spider Man trilogy. What do you mean? Well that sure we, we all heard the story that Toby Maguire didn't want to be known as Spider Man. That's why he quit. But I don't think that's the whole picture because we hear a lot of things that Sam Raimi had more than a trilogy planned. It wasn't supposed to be a trilogy. It was supposed to be like five movies. The fourth one was going to have, I believe, the vulture and the lizard who he had been said the lizard he was setting up for three movies. Dr. Connors. I know. He'd been setting him up um, and he never gets his just desserts. Especially with all that Venom stuff in the third movie, like, the whole reason interacting with Dr. Connors is to get his gears turning about genetic manipulation so that he turns himself into the lizard. Would have been great. Uh, but instead, the whole reason that Sam Raimi and the whole thing, Sam Raimi blames Sony. He blames Sony for that, he says they were interfering so much with his vision because that movie wasn't supposed to deal with venom hardly at all if at all it was supposed to follow sandman and that's why sandman has a very heart <laughs> heart touching story um and kind of has this uh redemption path so i know that there are rumors going around that andrew garfield both andrew garfield and Tim will be coming back to reprise their roles in spider-man 3 I don't think it's Spider-Man 3. I think uh, well, that, it'll be Spider-Man 4. That's the room. <laughs> um, well, Tobey Maguire, the only, in the last six years, the only acting credit he has is in 2017's Boss Baby. You said six years? When did Great Gatsby come out? Has that really been that long? Uh, let's find out. Did you say Boss Baby? He's in that the movie? Boss Baby. Yeah, he's the narrator. Huh. That's great. I think he's done uh, more than that. 2013. 2013, so seven years. There you go. Uh, yeah. Is that really uh, it? He hasn't yeah, done anything it. else? I don't think so. Then why not? Why not be Spider-Man again? You haven't done anything really super big for six years. He's He's been working on, his, on the producer aspect. He's, he's okay. been, He hasn't been acting in it, but he's been producing. Let him act again. Sam Raimi could get him back. Come on. I just I don't know. He won't he be carrying a whole film on his own. He'll be a supporting character with his own earth. I think it could be cool. Uh, I, I think the, they'll find a way to get him back. They'll throw him enough money. So yeah, the the only thing uh But yeah, yeah I mean do do you think Andrew Garfield? Would Andrew uh, and Garfield's Spider-Man come with Electro if it is from that Earth? I would genuinely like that. I loved Andrew Garfield's portrayal of Spider-Man. 
He's still my least favorite, but I uh, I liked I liked the portrayal. Uh, I I'll say I liked his portrayal of. There's a difference between his portrayal of Spider-Man and his portrayal. Of... That's exactly what I was about I to point out. I did not like his Peter Parker. Yeah, I like his uh, Spider-Man, but I like Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker, and then Tom Holland's is kind of the best of both. I will agree with that. Um, um, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, that's completely fair. Yeah, I, I Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man is because Andrew Garfield had the Spider-Man quips, whereas Tobey yeah. Maguire didn't have too many. Um, uh, he got like one a combat. <laughs> uh, and he and didn't Tom do Holland too many creative things. Very quippy as Spider-Man. Tom Holland's super quippy. So um, I don't know. I I I'm not opposed to Tobey Maguire coming back. I just I don't, don't know, know if he'd want to. to. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, with all the drama that ensued after Spider-Man Three, because um, there's a lot of on, doubt on his uh, whole career in Spider-Man yeah. Three, like. Oh, he's a terrible actor, and it was just like, what? Just because it wasn't a stellar movie doesn't make him a terrible actor, right? People are allowed to have hits and misses. Uh, no, can't. They all it's have to be good. Yep. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. did Doolittle. Come on. <laughs> uh, right after Avengers Endgame, good for him. <laughs> I'm just happy that Robert Downey Jr. like turned his whole career around yeah i mean that now yeah or well over a decade ago but just i mean allowed us to have the mcu basically right exactly very very good that's that is crazy to think uh but yeah like i i just got to imagine that if they're talking about this stuff in spider-man 3 bringing Doctor Strange in, Sam Raimi directing Doctor Strange. They're both coming back. I don't know when, I don't know how, they're coming back. It'd be cool. As I said, I'm not opposed to it. Um, I just, I don't know. We'll see. see the thing that I, I think is going to be interesting, though, is in the comics, kind of because of this, all this Spider-Man talk lately, I, I got the, the itch to go read some comics and I started reading none other than Spider-Man comics. Uh, and I happened to jump into a very recent 2016 story arc called the clone conspiracy, which is kind of uh, like a spiritual sequel to Spider-Verse in the comics. Is Um, that when he clones himself or has a clone of himself in the clone conspiracy? Yes. Having it's, not read it, just... it's a clone that's existed for a really long time. Comes oh, okay. back. Um, gotcha. Who was previously thought to be dead. Uh, but the thing that is interesting about the comics is that they make it a point to give pretty much every clone a different name. Yeah. Um, so despite there being an infinite multiverse, there's Peter Porker, the pig. There's Miles Morales, Spider-Man. There's Ben Riley, who's a clone from the same Earth. There's Kane, who's a clone from the same Earth. There's um, Gwen Stacy, Spider-Woman. There's Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman from the same Earth. There's, uh, there's Silk, whose name is Cindy Moon. Um, who's in Parker's class. Who's in Parker's class. And then... Um, there's Spider-Man Noir, uh, Miguel Spider-Man 2099. So, like, 
despite them all being Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse, it, it's kind of like the way they did it in the Spider-Verse movie. There's Peter Parker, and then there's Peter B. Parker. <laughs> the, it's enough of a difference that you're like, oh, they're, they're not the exact same character. Right. And that's the kind of thing that I think will be interesting, an interesting problem that the comics didn't have to tackle, the animated movie didn't tackle, is that all three of them are known as Peter Parker. <laughs> right? Like, there's even, there's Penny Parker, there's, uh, what, I, I'm, a couple of the other ones are escaping me right now, but... There's but yeah, like the the fact that they make distinguishes, even if it's just in a single letter or um, or it's a complete different name, um, but like it's enough that you know they're completely different people. Whereas if they bring in Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, yes, they all look different. Whereas comic books very easily make people look the same. Like Peter Parker, Ben Riley, and Kane all look identical, pretty much. <laughs> Because uh, right. they're all they're clones of him, and so yes, obviously Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland look different, but they're all still called Peter Parker. Like when someone walks into a room and says, "Hey, Peter," are all three of them gonna say "Hey," and then you have Peter Quill also looking over, right? Just for the fun of it, uh, right. like I, I'm interested to see how they'll tackle that conundrum. Well, you did bring up something else interesting. Um, you said that there's Miles Morales. He is also rumored to be in Spider-Man 3. No, not yet. You can't do that. No. Um, <laughs> and it's just a rumor. But oh. it's it's floating around. And again, with, with these characters, there's always rumor floating around. And, and most of it never comes to be. But uh, I think it's at least worth mentioning. So... <laughs> We already got the Prowler. We got his uncle. It's only a matter of time till the character gets introduced. So Miles Morales gets bitten by the spider at about the age of 13. If Miles Morales is 10 in this movie, it's a little bit better. Okay. I would prefer him to be 8. <laughs> and let, let me tell you why. Because A, Spider-Man still has a mentor. So how can he mentor Miles Morales if he still has a mentor? Because they both just go to the same room. <laughs> and when that mentor dies, but I'm be like, well, jeez, I'm really unlucky. <laughs> uh, All my mentors die. Pretty much. Sorry, Uncle Ben. No. Yeah. Uh, pretty much. But yeah, like, that that's the way I see it is like, you can't let Miles Morales get bitten by a spider until Peter Parker's out of college. Okay. It. Because, like, I mean, you do kind of, at least with, like, a five-year gap if Spider-Man's, like, 17, 18, and then Miles Morales is 12, 13. Uh, you don't really want Miles Morales to be too much younger than that because then, like, what kind of jerk is Peter letting this kid fight crime? Right. Um, <laughs> like, he needs to web this kid up and stop him every time he steps outside. <laughs> right. Um, but otherwise, like, okay, he's 12, 13. Then you kind of get, like, a big brother role, I guess. Like, six years isn't a huge gap. Um, but it's also not super small either. It's kind of like that big brother role. Maybe you have a sibling in between kind of thing. Right. Uh, 
but ideally you kind of want there to be like a 10 year gap i think so that spider-man kind of has like a ton of life experience uh which i don't think you could really make an argument that he does have until after college and he's fought all of his sinister sixes he has green goblin you have all these other guys running around till he's like very uh he's got a, a pretty large rogues gallery right and then he can be like oh miles morales you got bit by a spider i'll i'll show you the webs show you the ropes um and let's let's do this and but it's like yeah how weird is it going to be if like dr strange well that could be something interesting but then spider-man 3 is really going into the multiverse already what if miles morales is from a different earth which he was originally in the comics he's supposed to be yeah uh that could be interesting because then like Maybe he did get that mentor role from a Peter Parker. It's just in his universe, Peter Parker was 30. That'd be kind of cool. And he's 13. And he's now getting to hang out with a younger version. It's still a little unfortunate because... But then it doesn't totally trample on the animated movie. Because the animated movie still gets to use Peter B. Parker as Miles Morales' mentor. Whereas, but the thing is with this Miles Morales, he kind of wouldn't have one. He'd just have like this big brother, Peter, because he already had his Peter Parker. And so now Miles Morales and our Peter Parker would be like the same age almost, which is weird. And I don't know how much I like that. Um, Because I want them to do Miles Morales, definitely. But I want them to allow the character to be in its best form okay and its best form is learning when to learn from peter and when not to so like but you don't get that if they're they're peers you know (laughs) and dr strange is just mentoring a bunch of spider people (laughs) (laughs) throw them in the spider woman movie also do you think we're gonna get some reference whether it be Tom Holland or whatever in the Spider Woman movie. Do you think we'll get anything? Hmm. If we're saying Spider Woman maybe comes out in like twenty two? Maybe. Uh yeah, why not? Um only because I think Venom two is going to talk about Spider Man. That'd be cool. Uh, but that could be another thing: is what if, as part of as part of the multiverse, so we've got Electro from one Earth, we've got Miles Morales from another Earth, we've got maybe Spider Woman, or just the whole Spunk universe in general, in its own self-contained universe. Right. Yeah. What What if Morbius? is from the Tobey Maguire universe, and that's why there's the Tobey Maguire costume. That'd be wild. Who knows? What, what are the... And then that just happens to be a different vulture there. I don't know. Although, I will definitely hate it if all of Spider-Man's iconic villains are from a different universes. 
Because, like, what, are there no bad people on in the MCU's Earth? On the main Earth? There's not enough bad people on that Earth that they have to pull bad people from other Earths? Like, what? Save ready for store. I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm okay with, like, one or two, but, like, all of them? Like, if, if Electro is, I don't mind that much. But it'd kind of suck if, like, Green Goblin was, right? <laughs> or Doc Ock. Like, that. Uh, that's kind of bogus. That's true. Like, some of those ones that have a ton of history with Peter. You just cut all that out and be like, well, they've already got their powers, and they're just the villains. Skip the origin story. And... Yeah, which has kind of been the note of Spider-Man, right? Skip everyone's origin stories. Right. And maybe that's why Miles Morales will be. <laughs> Skip the origin stories. Gosh. Yeah, I don't know. Because you'd think that they don't want to do Miles Morales' origin story again since they just did it. I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know if we're just going to see. I'm hoping that's just a rumor. They've been rumoring everyone's going to be in Spider-Man 3. Right. Um, right. Now, who would you have play Miles Morales? Would, would you have are there any prominent child actors that you would I can't think of one I, I, I just don't know enough um, I'm sure they'll find yeah. someone good but no, they've done a pretty good job so far of getting good actors it's so. like the only kid I can really think of is the kid from Stranger Things and I don't think he'd do that good of a job to be honest <laughs> that's just my opinion that it is uh but, like, yeah, I, I'm sure they'll find someone. I I mean, if we're talking about, again, uh, someone to play a 12 or 13-year-old, that means they probably are 12 or 13 now. Um, and then if they're not in Spider-Man 3, if they're in Spider-Man 4, then they're, they'll actually be 15 or 16 by then. I probably don't know who they are. They probably haven't acted in anything yet. Like, that, I'm serious. Like, yeah, the, no, I mean, Miles Morales... <laughs> that ends up showing up in the MCU probably hasn't acted in anything yet. That's that's a fair point. As of today. Or very few things. That's how young this kid should be. Just like Tom Holland was pretty young. But, right. I mean, he's our age. But <laughs> uh, Alright. I mean, do you have any more thoughts about Spider-Man 3? <sighs> Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Not at the moment. Ben Riley. Sure no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. That's kind of something I'm hoping when they do, bring in the Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Verse stuff, is that like. They kind of did all the gimmick ones, in the, or at least most of the gimmick ones in the animated one, it'd be cool just to see some slightly different ones that aren't, like, super crazy, that aren't a pig or noir or <laughs> from a hundred years in the future. Like, yeah. let's just get some, like, normal, slightly different ones. It's all just Tom Holland in different hats. Hey, I'm in. <laughs> it's kind of how it is, right? Uh, but anyways, I think that is our show. Uh, I completely forgot what we're watching next week. You didn't write it down? Uh, I did write it down. Write it this. Should I change this? 
Hold on before I announce this because. Well, while you are looking that up, I've yeah. got something pretty exciting to me at least. We have news about the Wheel of Time TV show. Oh yeah, what's going on? More casting? Uh, uh, more casting. Uh, we now know who Min, uh, Min is. I don't remember the actress's name, uh, but from what I understand, she's got a pretty good Darn acting uh, resume. Uh, filming started back up in early September. So when when they had a stop back in March due to COVID, they had filmed six of the eight episodes, and now they're working they're working on the final two. Um, it looks like. And I really hope this is wrong. Uh, I, I hope that the first one uh, episode per book. No, because <laughs> uh, I really hope they don't like bleed into the second book in the first season. Uh, I mean, only eight episodes to do the whole first book. Yeah, that'd be pretty crazy. Uh, that's I. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it is. It looks like they're changing. Some of the some of the, so we we've also seen some set pictures from some places outside uh, Prague, and the guy who I was watching was talking uh, about how like he was theorizing what those places could be, and if it's the case, it looks like certain areas of the books might get skipped, of the book might get skipped, and others that might not exist in the book or at least book one will be brought in. So I don't know. I mean, it, that's the wait. Thing why would them episode. showing one location make you think they're skipping others? Because th those locations don't show up until later in the series. Ah, okay. Uh, but I mean, it's but that's, that's just how speculation, I, anyways. So. It's just speculation as of right now. It's just like when you look at this and it look how, like how utilitarian the place looks. Like it looks like certain locations. Like, if right. you're trying to theorize what that the universe, but again, it's all speculation at this point. We don't have anything definitive um, about that. And I don't know. It's excited to talk, exciting to talk about because I've been excited about the show for. So, yeah, I mean, I know like Game of Thrones would go to a city, but they would use it for different. They they would use like almost the same kind of setting for different sets. Like, uh, like there's a lot of different shots of King's Landing, right? Right. But like, you can actually find like different elements of that in different parts of the city kind of thing like it's not just all pulled from one specific that's true quadrant kind of thing uh, uh one thing i am pretty excited about was there was an interview uh with uh rosamund pike uh who's right. playing more and she was just asked about like the filming process and whatnot and like her face lit up as she's talking about the character as she's talking about the show and it's really nice to see like the, the lead character having so, fun uh, <laughs> having some fun and being passionate about them. yeah that's definitely good that comes out next year right comes out next year well we will definitely be watching that um okay so the movie, the movie we are watching next week is the blob uh i already forgot what year it was i just looked it up go back uh, and check I think there's only one movie called The Blob. They haven't remade this movie, have they? <laughs> the Blob, which is from 1958. Another hour and a half horror film from the 50s. Uh, I'm excited for this one, but uh, we'll see how it goes. 
so the blob will be next week. Um, yeah, otherwise, that's the show. Uh, the Mummy, Hubie Halloween, Green Lantern, you excited for it? There's so many lanterns in Green Lantern. Uh, also, Doctor Strange and Spider-Man 3, what's going on? Uh, but Ian Rosmondo, thanks for joining me as always. Absolutely. I'm Joshua Troop. This is Unanimous Indecision. We'll catch you next time.